0: week we are going to talk about the Kings after David last week we covered 1st and 2nd Samuel and we began the lesson uh, introducing the individual named Samuel and we went from Samuel including Eli who uh, who uh, was basically the man that raised Samuel and Samuel eventually anointed Saul as king later God rejected Saul from being king because of his disobedience to the Word of God and not understanding what God's expectations were from him so the Lord told Samuel rise and anoint another to be king he went to the house of Jesse and there he eventually met David and Samuel anointed David to be king we we met uh, and went through basically David's journey, and uh, Goliath and uh, uh, Samuel's son Jonathan, and we met Obed-Edom. But today we are going to essentially, between this lesson and next week's lesson, we're going to summarize the rest of the Old Testament. We spent a lot of time in the book of Genesis. We spent a little, little less time in Exodus Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and uh, we're going to, in the next two weeks, we're going to finish the Old Testament, and it's not, uh, it's just an overview. This Bible study is an overview to give you a summarization from Genesis to Revelation, and that's what we're going to do today, the kings that followed David, and I have a genealogy plan to put this on the screen where you can see it. Uh, but essentially, there are uh, uh, generations of kings that followed David, David's son, Solomon. There's a lot of drama we didn't cover with the life of David. Um, it's worth studying. It's worth your time. I encourage you to read it. Uh, a lot of it is sad. It's a, a lot of it is tragic. But Solomon is, enters the biblical narrative and there's wonderful things about Solomon. Uh, the Lord appears to Solomon and asks him, what is it that you desire for me? And Solomon, he could have asked for long life, he could have asked for riches, but he asked for wisdom. And the Lord said, because you chose wisdom, I'm gonna give you both long life and riches. And the Lord used Solomon to build The tabernacle, uh, the temple, Solomon's temple. And he was a man greatly blessed uh, with wealth, great honor, uh, wisdom like no other. And uh, he celebrated for many reasons. But Solomon, in the end, uh, may be the wisest fool that ever lived. He built, he married many wives, he took to himself many. Uh, concubines. and uh, the bottom line is it was the destruction of Solomon because his women in multitude led his heart away from the Lord and he eventually became the, the genesis of mass idolatry that entered into the, the kingdom of Israel uh, after uh, Solomon, uh, his son Jeroboam, Uh, uh, reigned and after just a very short period of time uh actually it was rehoboam the son of solomon and the the kingdom was split between rehoboam the son of solomon and jeroboam and there were two kingdoms the kingdom of israel which were 10 tribes and the kingdom of judah which was 10 tribes and so those two kingdoms who had original um, genetics of Abraham, of, of, uh, of the children of Israel. Uh, there were two kingdoms. And uh, uh, Rehoboam, he was approached by the, the leaders of that time and essentially said, your father was really hard on the people and we counsel you that you would kind of let up, give them a break and rehoboam listened to the young men around him and rather than listening to the wisdom of the elders he said you know what you think my dad was hard watch this and the response was the lord the lord had jeroboam rise up and it, granted this was all not it wasn't just a product of rehoboam's foolishness it was a product of the f- sin of solomon and uh rehoboam arises on the scene and there is something instituted in the reign of rehoboam rehoboam is ruling over israel the ten kingdoms Uh, jeroboam uh, is ruling over the ten tribes i got that kind of mixed up rehoboam has judah jeroboam has israel in judah is where jerusalem is in in Judah in Jerusalem is where the temple is and so Jeroboam felt like the heart of the people would be drawn to Jerusalem to worship because that's where the temple was and so Jeroboam erected two false altars in Dan and Beersheba and what that basically was it was a shortcut you don't have to go all the way to Jerusalem to worship God you can go to these two altars and worship God and long story short Israel had no good kings. They had no good kings. Every king in Israel from Jeroboam all the way down, they were all wicked kings. Judah had a few good kings, but most of Judah's kings were wicked kings. There are bright spots. Uh, In in the the timeline of the kings of Judah, uh, there is Jehoshaphat, uh, Jehoshaphat, uh, has a son named Jehoram and he marries the daughter from the king of Israel, Ahab, and his wife Jezebel. That's really bad. <laughs> Je- Jehoram marries Athaliah and they have a son Ahaziah, and Jehoahash. Those become kings of uh, Judah, bad kings, Amaziah. Uh, Uzziah was one of the better kings, and you may recall and or you will discover in your reading of the Bible in the book of Isaiah. Isaiah says in the king, the year the king Uzziah died, Uzziah was a good king, except <laughs> you can say this about all the good kings in Judah. There was only one king in Judah, the split kingdom that was A legitimately good king and I don't think he did anything wrong I believe he is the only one that that can be said of and that is Josiah and if I was going to talk about any of the kings in the Old Testament after David it would probably be King Josiah all the kings of Israel the ten kingdoms the ten tribes from Jeroboam all the way down uh, all of those kings were evil kings. In Judah, the two uh, tribes, Judah was the tribe of David, Solomon, Rehoboam, Abijah, Asa, Jehoshaphat, Jehoram, Ahaziah, Jehoash, Amaziah, Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, Hezekiah. That's a good one. Hezekiah, Manasseh, Ammon, Manasseh and Ammon. Manasseh was a terrible king, evil, wicked king, but the Lord brought such hardship that he finally repented the Lord. And if you see what Manasseh did, he was a wicked king, but the Lord reached him through mercy and he repented. Ammon was an evil king and the son of Ammon was Josiah. Josiah was prophesied to come over 200 years before he was born. There was a prophet that prophesied against the the altar of Baal and he said Josiah would be born he would be king and he would tear down the altar of Baal and he would burn the bones of the false prophets the false priests of of Baal on the and 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 and, and, and Josiah came on the scene at the year of 8 years old Josiah becomes king of Judah The Bible says he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, which what that means is he had a heart to do what was right. And so he did what was right in the 16th year of his reign. What you think about that? So he's 24. For 16 years, he knew that he did the best he knew how. He was a good king. But in the 16th year, the high priest, in the process of them refurbishing the temple, Uh, Josiah said, "Let's let's get the temple shining. Let's wash the windows. Let's mop the floors. Let's repair everything. And in the process of repairing and refurbishing the temple, fixing the doors and the windows, the high priest, the highest religious leader in all of Judah, finds the book, the Bible, if you will. And when he begins to read it, which means he's been a high priest, he's never read the book, the Bible." And when he reads the book, the Bible, he's like, oh, Josiah, a man that his heart is after God. Josiah, who does what's right in the eyes of the Lord, here's God's book, and he's reading God's book, and he realizes everything that's happening in the temple, around the temple, in Judah, around Judah, all that is happening is against God's word it's a direct violation from inside the temple to outside the temple to all of Judah. There's idol worship, there's all kinds of perversion, and when he sees it he causes the book to be taken to Josiah and they read the book. And the thing that separates uh, uh, Josiah, he is such a wonderful character in Scripture, is because though he had a, a heart that was a good heart trying to do what's right, The Bible says that when the word of God was read to him, he didn't know what the word of God said. When the word of God was read to him, he rent his garments and he's like, oh, well, that's what's wrong with Judah. That's what's wrong with the temple. And there were false idols. There were all kinds of paganistic worship practices inside the temple, outside the temple, all over Judah. There were all kinds of idolatry. And there is a long list. I will try to put them over here on the side. All the things Josiah did to clean, to cleanse the land of Judah from idolatry. And after he got through doing it, he he was so zealous. He was so fervent. He was so sincere. When the Word of God came to him, he's like, man, we got to get this right. And he did it. Wow. Wow. And, you know, I... I some of you that know me, you know, you know what I'm where I'm going because this is one of my favorite stories. And I may, those that have heard me preach, and the places I've preached around, I've preached this message over the past seven or eight years multiple times. And and essentially the idea is I want to be like Josiah when your word speaks to me, and I realize. Even though I'm trying I've been trying to live a good life, I'm living in ignorance. I'm living in darkness. I don't know what the word of God says. When I when the word of God, when the Spirit of God, when the Holy Spirit of God convicts me of something I've been doing and I didn't know it was wrong, something I have been allowing and I didn't know it was wrong, something I have been tolerating and I didn't know it was wrong. When I find out this displeases God, I stop it immediately. I do everything in my power to stop it. Anything I have control over, I plan to stop it. That's repentance. What are you going to (laughs) do? Do you have a heart that's after God? And you find out there's something in the Word of God that the Word of God says, don't do this. And when you hear somebody teach it, you hear somebody preach it, are you going to start repenting and stopping it? Or are you going to make an excuse? Well, that's the way my daddy was. That's the way my mom, I don't see anything wrong. I don't think it's anything wrong with it. I don't think God cares. When you find it's in the Word, you don't make excuses. You you don't choose to doubt and disobey the Word of God. You stop it. (laughs) That's the difference between the, the righteous and the wicked. The righteous are going to endeavor to do what's right. doesn't mean they're perfect. No one's perfect. Only God's perfect. But it is in the pursuit of perfection. That, that 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 is the fruit of a saint of God, someone that wants to please God. If you want to please God, you're going to try to do what pleases God. You're not going to do the things the Word of God says don't do. And when the Word of God says it, you read it, someone preaches it to you, teaches it to you, the Holy Ghost convicts you of it and shows you in the Word of God. When, when you see that, you stop it. So... I just have to do it. <laughs> so I the first time that I I was actually teaching this to a chapel in the school where my family's been involved since it started. My 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 youngest started in kindergarten. All three of my sons grew up and graduated from a, a, a Christian school here in Clinton, Mississippi, where I live. And so I'd been asked to do chapel for the elementary and the high school. And so, you know, you like to find a story about young people, kids in the Bible. Connects, relatable to the kids. And so I was preparing and I was driving to the school. I was going to talk about Josiah. And I knew, I'd read the story, listened to it a number of times that morning. And I, the Lord gave me a tune. I, you know, you may not like it, but I believe the Lord spoke to me. He goes like this. I want to be. I want to be like Josiah, like Josiah, I want to be, so the crowd, you, you say, I want to be like Josiah, like Josiah, when your word, when your word speaks to me, speaks to me, I want to be, I want to be like Josiah, I want to be. Like Josiah, I want to be like Josiah. When your word speaks to me, I want to be like Josiah. And, and that's, I believe, the tenor and the example the word of God gives us when we find someone in the Word of God that God celebrates, that God favors, that God blesses, we want, to impl- we want to exemplify that life, exemplify those qualities and traits that God blesses. And Josiah, he illustrates someone that had sincerity but ignorance. And when that sincerity, the Lord was duty-bound to give him the truth. And when the truth came to Josiah, he did not put it off. He didn't excuse. It. He didn't say, well, this is what the priest have been doing. This is what my daddy taught me. This is what my grandpa did. You look at the the, the grandparents of Josiah, they were all wicked people. But he did not allow his d- fear of condemning his previous generations because they didn't do what was right. Maybe they didn't know. But when the word of God showed them what was right, he said, I want to please God. So Josiah did that. You know, the Lord told him after he did all of these cleansings, the Lord said, you know, I'm still going to judge Israel. They're still going to be judged. And uh, even though you've done all of this cleansing, even though you've done all of these good things, Israel is still going to be essentially destroyed. And uh, there's Josiah, and then there are essentially four quickly, four quick kings, they take turns, uh, Jehoiakim, Jehoahaz, Zedekiah, and Jehoiachin. and uh, Babylon comes and takes Israel away. And Israel uh, never has independence again, even until the days of Jesus. Jesus, when Jesus comes on the scene, Israel is a subjugated nation. A, a, a and the Jews serve in servitude they pay taxes to Rome and they are under the dominion of the Roman army why did that happen because of Israel and their kings and their people their priests and their uh, most of their prophets they forsook God and God don't bless mess he'll get he'll wink at ignorance but at some point, God's gonna demand. In fact, the Bible says in times past, God winked at ignorance. But now, commanded all men everywhere, repent. And so, you know, the Lord, the Lord's merciful, long-suffering. The long-suffering of the Lord is our salvation. The Lord is long-suffering. But just because you're ignorant, I've known people, they didn't wanna know what the Bible said because they felt like they'd get a pass if they were ignorant. You know, that doesn't fly very long. It, the Lord, The Lord's very merciful. But if you're just being dumb because you want to live a life of sin and iniquity, that's that's not going to fly. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little somber. Uh, next week, I am going to talk about the prophets, and it's going to be quite exciting. Uh, and And uh, I encourage you: this is a summary. I encourage you: crack your Bible open, start reading the Genesis, Exodus, Genesis, Exodus read it more than once Genesis Exodus you know the first time through you can skip Leviticus and Numbers Deuteronomy you, know, you should read that it's all important but it's, sometimes people get lost in numbers and Leviticus it's a lot of stuff that you know without the context of scripture it might not make a lot of sense uh, but you know you you, you get into first and second Samuel there's so much there that's that translates into the New Testament And the kings, there are some bright spots, but so much that happens after David. um, It's so much tragedy, so much rebellion, so much iniquity, so much judgment. God judges the people severely. You know, in Deuteronomy, the scripture says, If you will uh, hearken to my words and live by my law, I will bless you in the field. I bless you in the barn. I bless you in the house. I bless you in the city. I bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you. I bless you. <laughs> if you will love me and serve me and honor my word, I will bless you in ways that will blow your mind. But if you don't live for me, if you don't keep my word, If you don't walk with me and and, and honor me in your life, I will curse you, I will curse you, I will curse you, I will curse you. Curse you in the field, curse you in the house, curse you in the city. That's what the Scripture says. The same God of the Old Testament is the same God of the New Testament. And I know there's a lot of people, they don't know the God of the Bible. They've got this Santa Claus view. They heard from, I'm not going to name any names, but you probably have a name that comes to you there's so much false doctrine. Jesus said, he that believeth on me as the scripture hath said. And a lot of times the people people believe in a Jesus that doesn't exist except (laughs) in the imagination and the vocabulary of a preacher teacher book written by someone that hasn't or has refused to believe and honor the Word of God. That's a tragedy. But as the scripture says, the blind lead the blind and they both fall in the ditch. You know, a lot of times people live under this idea that, you know, everybody's going to heaven. You know, God's so loving, he couldn't send anybody to hell. Well, somebody can't believe that by reading the Bible. God is a just God. And in, in, in the face of all of his mercy, he is just as judgmental. He is going to curse. The God that created us cursed our grandparents because they disobeyed and doubted God's word. And he will curse you too if you are disobedient and doubtful of his word. you want to be blessed? Believe in God and honor his word. It's not complicated. Believe in God and honor his word. If you believe in God and honor his word, you'll be blessed, 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 blessed. But if you don't honor God, you don't study and you don't obey the word of God, you'll be cursed, 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 cursed. Yes. Even in the New Testament, the scripture says, God is not mocked for whatsoever you sow, you shall reap. If you sow to the flesh, you're going to be cursed. If you sow to the spirit, you will be blessed. The scripture says this long list of people, if you do these things, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. I know you've been lied to. (laughs) or or, or maybe not lied to maybe nobody told you the truth and you have lacked the spiritual desire to open up your Bible and study to show yourself approved unto God amen I'm a little 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 harsh tonight (laughs) but you know wake up you look at what's happening in this world you think you're just going to get to heaven because you have this you know positive sentimentality I love Jesus while you sip your Bud Light and you know do your drugs and tell your dirty jokes and watch your dirty stuff and act like you can't see any difference between a Christian what they live what they wear where do they go and the music they listen to than a devil worshipper and you're going to say you're no different than a devil worshipper and you're going to you really think that you're going to go to heaven I know some of you do but that's not what the word of God teaches straight is the gate and narrow is the way. This is Jesus. I'm quoting Jesus. I'm not quoting myself or my grandpa. Jesus said, Straight is the gate, and narrow is the way that leadeth to life, and few there be that find it. If you're not hungry for God, you're not going to be saved. Real faith is engaged in walking with God. Biblical faith is faith that wants to honor God and obey His Word. If you don't honor God and you don't care what the Bible says, you are a wicked soul. That's not me saying that. That's what the Word of God says. Jesus said look at the tree. You can tell what kind of tree it is. The scripture says that that if if a, if a well brings forth bitter water, it's a bitter well. If a well brings forth sweet water, it's a sweet well. And, and if you have the Spirit in you, there is a fruit that's going to come from your life. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, faith against us. There is no prohibition. You'll be blessed if you have the fruit of the Spirit. You can't have the fruit of the Spirit if you don't have the Spirit. You say, well, I don't have that. Well, probably you've not received the Spirit of God or it's been so long, the Spirit of God don't live in you anymore but the works of the flesh. Oh yeah, we have those in spades, don't we? Uh, you wanna know what the works of the flesh is? Well, just Google it. What are the works of the flesh? And read those words. If you do those things and you're not repenting of them, you're not striving to, with the help and grace of God to overcome them and asking God to forgive you and asking God to deliver you and seeking to find deliverance so that you have the fruit of the spirit, not the works of the flesh, I wouldn't want to be you on judgment day. And and we all have the possibility, no matter how much good in God we may have known, if, if the Lord comes and we don't have oil in our lamp, if the Lord comes and we've not been faithful with the things he'd given us to bring increase into the kingdom. Jesus did not teach this, this easy believism, once saved, always saved, fallacy and false doctrine. Jesus didn't teach that. Jesus talks about ten virgins they're pure they're invited five of them were rejected why because they were unprepared they lacked the fortitude and the sincerity to be prepared when Jesus came there's actually someone invited to the wedding at the wedding and because they're not wearing the wedding garment Jesus has them cast into hell so it's very serious And this this spirit of, you know, warning you, of of, uh, rebuking you to say, hey, you need to wake up. You say, I don't like the way this feels. This makes me uncomfortable. Well, the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. And you know what the grace of God does? Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, that we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world you have a responsibility you say you have God's grace in your life you know how to test yourself you know your car you need to check the oil do you have any oil in your car do you need an oil change so you want to check yourself the grace of God teaches us that we should deny ungodliness that's words come out of your mouth thoughts you entertain in your mind things that you would wear places you would go things you would consume, people that you would uh, fellowship with, if it's ungodly, the grace of God says stop it. (laughs) That's a word denied. Uh, Denying ungodliness and worldly lust. Oh my goodness, how much perversion is in the world today? Married folks and single folk and confused folk, denying ungodliness and worldly lust. Not just one thing, but, you know, materialism. Uh, I just got to have it. I just got to have it. Thinking that money is the end of life and willing to do anything, sell your soul, sell your body, sell your life for money. Denied is worldly lust, that you should live soberly. What's that mean? Well, what makes you not sober? So the grace would tell you, stop it. Whether it's a weed or a chemical or a pill if you're not sober you are ignoring the grace of God that you should live we should live uh, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust that we should live soberly righteously what's right how do we live righteously well it's to do right how do we know what's? do we do right we do what the Word of God says Jesus said he that heareth these sayings of mine and do them is like a wise man that built his house upon the rock. You want to know how to do right? Well, you start in the Gospels. There are things Jesus said you have to do. Read the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5-7. through Read that. That's how you live righteously. Yeah. You don't know what it says. Okay. Well, hello, Josiah. Here is your headline. You want to be saved? You want to be blessed? You wonder why, why some things don't seem quite right in your life? Go read Matthew 5-7 and live it. Read it every day and live it. Memorize it and live it. Oh, it's hard. Sure, it's hard. We all have to have the grace of God to teach us, to lead us, to empower it. But the Lord will help us live a righteous life. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, that we should live soberly, righteously, and godly godly how do we live godly well you probably have met some people you knew they were godly people and if you haven't I'm so sorry <laughs> I feel so so blessed I have known so many godly people people of prayer people of encouragement people of faith people of strength, people you could count on they would be at church early they would be there whenever something was needed. They are faithful. They're godly. The Bible's full of godly people, but the world is full of godly people. I have been touched. I have the fingerprints of countless godly people from the time I was a baby until my fifty-fourth year this year. Fifty-four? I'm not fifty-four. How am I old? Am I? Uh, I'll be fifty-three this year. Oh my goodness! I'm trying to make myself older than I am. I've been blessed by godly people, wonderful people. My dad, the greatest gift he and my mother gave me is they took me to church. They didn't take me to church so their children would be in church. They took themselves to church and I was a passenger. I rode in the back seat. They didn't go to church so I would go to heaven. They went to church so they would go to heaven. And the process, I have a better chance of going to heaven. And you know what, you're not gonna do things so your children are gonna be saved just for them. You're going to have to do it for yourself. You know, what will people do so they can take their kids to the game? So they can have their kids uh, uh, do all this stuff. They'll do all kinds of stuff. They'll spare no expense. They'll drive hours, but they can't roll out of bed and brush their teeth and blow their nose and get to church for Sunday school. You know why? They don't love God. You don't love God, and you surely don't really love your children. You don't love yourself Like God wants you to love yourself so that you would save yourself. If you can't, get yourself to church. Get your children to Sunday school. You know intently inside of you that that's what you need to do. Maybe your problem is you need a new church. Maybe you need to go to a church that isn't dead, that isn't corrupt, that you can go and feel like the people are sincere there's a lot of false churches and false preachers and people playing religion and there's a lot of churches that are full of sin and iniquity and hypocrites and preachers in it for the money and people in it to be seen all kinds of stuff that's not you know if that's the kind of church you're going to you know that that ain't right and a lot of people have been hurt by wicked people in the church don't quit the church find a new church Find a pastor that will tell you like it is. Look you in the eye and say, hey, baby. Hey, buddy. (laughs) You got to get it right. You got to be faithful. Your children need you to be the best version of yourself. Amen. Well, I don't know how long this has been, but I am wound up tonight. (laughs) Yes. Well, if you've made it through this far and you like what you've heard, I guess that means that you have some grace. We all need grace and I know that uh, none of us will make it to heaven without the grace of God. We are saved by grace through faith and not of ourselves. It is the gift of God. It is the gift. But if the Lord loves us enough to save us by his grace, give us access to faith and then we live like the devil and talk like the devil and act like the devil, what a sorry, sorry saint we are. The Lord expects better. Jesus paid his precious blood to save your sin-sick soul. If he paid that kind of price, can we not live for him? Can we not discipline ourselves? Can we not understand that there is a hell to lose and a heaven to gain? and that we should want to save ourselves and save our children and save our neighbor and be the best version of ourselves so that we can help someone else be saved. I don't know who you are, maybe many somebodies, and you're watching this video and, and you feel like I have been just affirming the dreams you've had and God's been dealing with you heavily. You need to hear this preacher. You better better get right while you have time. This past week on Friday morning at 4.44, looked it up on my video camera system, 4.44, a tree fell on my house, big old tree. It sounded like the end of the world had happened. And if it had not been for that tree falling 10 feet to the right of where it should have fallen, that tree and limbs would have been in my bed. I could... today's It was Friday so my funeral could have been Monday or Tuesday. I could be dead but the grace of God has kept me alive I guess because maybe one reason he needed me to make this video and he needed me to say this to you. But you know this week Friday morning at 444 that tree could fall on your house And in your bed and all of your good intentions will go to waste and all the good you could have done in the kingdom will be gone my grandfather my mother's father was opposed to to church but at the I believe he was in his 40s he came down with emphysema I guess he got scared he got serious and the last parts of his life he witnessed to everybody he could find and he got saved (laughs) Uh, the story goes that he, 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 he he decided I gotta be baptized they went and broke ice off of the pond they broke ice off of the baptistry even though he had emphysema he was not a healthy man he said I would rather die from from pneumonia because of this cold water than to live a little longer and go to hell I've got to be baptized and I'm thankful for the fact the Lord will save us no matter how late we wait but we better get it done while there's time because as a tree falleth, there shall it lie and as long as there's breath in your body there's chance there's hope and potentially the Lord could extend your life if you would give it to service, to be a witness, to see your children saved, your grandchildren saved, your neighbor, and your friends. Repent. The kingdom of God is at hand. So that's a fast summary of the kings after David in the Old Testament. Next week we're going to talk about the prophets. And uh, man, so many wonderful men. Imperfect men, flawed men, but wonderful examples of men, prophetesses as well, women who served God by oftentimes telling everybody what they didn't want to hear. Many of the prophets were killed by the people they prophesied to. In fact, the last Old Testament prophet was Jesus Christ, and he was murdered by the people that came to save. John the Baptist, the second to the last prophet in the Old Testament, and they cut his head off for telling the truth. And so what I have been telling you for the past 35 minutes, it may be a little negative, but hey, you better love the fact somebody tell you the truth. Uh, Or you can just be like all the other people that ignored and in some cases murdered the voice that was sent to save them. Don't be like them. Repent. The kingdom of God is at hand. And it'd it'd be good to do it while you have time. Yes. So, I felt the presence of the Lord. I have never done a Bible study quite like this. But I feel like that's what the Lord wanted me to do tonight. So my name is Scott Phillips. I pastor Spring Ridge Pentecostal Church in with a Raymond address. We're in the county. We're not really in any city. We're like a mile from Clinton, Mississippi. We're three or four miles from Raymond. We're two or three miles from Jackson and three or four miles from Byram. At the crossroads of West Hines County, Spring Ridge Road, and Highway 18. I invite you to come and worship with us. We have Donuts, coffee, and prayer at nine thirty. We have ten o'clock as Sunday school for children and adults. Worship starts about ten forty-five. It lasts till about noon. Uh, Wednesday night uh, we have we have prayer, we have worship, and we have a message or a lesson, and that starts at seven thirty. I encourage you to join me. Amen. That's it. That's it. God bless you. Um, I hope you have a good week. I hope those of you that need needed this and you're still listening I hope you'll repent if you haven't been baptized that you get baptized if you haven't been faithful to a truth preaching church you'll be faithful maybe you're going to church and you know there's something not right stop going to wicked church under wicked preachers and go find a church that is righteous and has a leader that their life is above reproach that's the responsibility of a pastor If you don't have that, you need to find that. If you won't trust the preacher with your money, your wife, or your kids, why would you trust them with your soul? Yes, man, Man, I'm in the flow tonight. God bless y'all. Pray for me. If you think I'm off my my meds, maybe I'm too harsh, pray for me. Um, This is what Jesus gave me tonight so uh, god bless you have a wonderful week in jesus name pray for me that i will do the will of god in jesus